Hello and welcome to the weekly VM Campos Comic Book Club. I'm your host, VM Campos. This is the podcast where I review a comic book new or old from my collection and rank it on various factors. Then I tell you to get it or shred it. This is a special episode, however, because it's Happy Birthday Image Comics. Has it really been 30 years since the debut of the scrappy independent comic book company? Why, yes, it has. So it's time to look back on the very first issues of Image Comics and rank them all together. Now, you definitely want to see the video version of the podcast. Catch it over at youtube.com slash vmcampos so you can see the comics that I'm talking about. Now, let's get on with the ranking. This is going to be a special episode because what I'm going to do is rank each of the debut Image Comics versus each other. Did you know that it's been 30 years since the debut of Image Comics? It's been 30 years since each of these creators, superstar creators, started their own company and started publishing their own comics the way they wanted? Where does the time go? Wow, 30 years. So what I'm going to do in this video is take a long, loving look at each of the debut comics, there were seven, that debuted way back in 1992 or so, and rank them against each other. I'm going to rank them versus their cover art, interior art, plot, and enjoyability. I'm going to rank all seven versus each other, and then I want to hear from you if my rankings are correct. Now, of course, my rankings are correct. It's my video, but I'd still like to hear your rankings in the comments. Now, very briefly, the history of Image Comics. A bunch of superstar creators left Marvel Comics and started their own business because they figured, hey, we're making Marvel rich. Why don't we make ourselves rich instead? And so these are the debut issues. Rob Liefeld with Youngblood, Todd McFarlane with Spawn, Eric Larson with The Savage Dragon, Jim Lee with Wildcats, wild covert action teams to you. Uh, Jim Valentino with Shadowhawk. Love that foil cover. I'm a sucker for these gimmicks. Mark Silvestri with Cyberforce and Wills Portacio with Wetworks. These were the seven debut issues of Image Comics. They came out in various different months, April, May, etc. And actually, very interesting story, Wetworks didn't debut until 1994. Unfortunately, Mr. Portacio had family troubles that he had to attend to, so he wasn't able to be one of the launch titles, where the rest all debuted in 1992 throughout the year. They each had their own style of art. They each had their own plot for what their creator-owned comic was going to be about. Some of them really le- leaned into the gimmick covers of those, of those heady days of the 90s. Uh, some of them are still going on nowadays compared to other ones that might have not lasted uh, the test of time. And so we're going to go through each one of these and rank them on all of those factors that I said right here. This will be fun. Let's start off with the covers. So here we have the cover of Rob Liefeld's Youngblood number one, the next generation of heroes' first exciting issue. This debuted in April 1992. It was the first Image comic to be published. There's a whole huge story behind the founding of Image Comics. The stories behind the creators. Go listen to Rob's podcast, Rob Servations, to hear uh, one side of the story and then read up on it all on your own. But here's the cover. We have the whole team. Uh, basically, most of these creators continued with superhero comics. That's what they were making their money on over at Marvel Comics. And so Rob started off at New Mutants, and he actually created Cable and Domino and Deadpool, and then relaunched the series with a new number one, X-Force. It was it sold millions of copies. It made everyone rich, truckloads of money. And so Rob said, well, I need to strike off on my own. And so I'll found Image Comics. And so this superhero team here... 
is his answer to that. Now, the cover is actually a flip cover. So all of these image comics basically also have a gimmick. Um, you can kind of read about the fascinating history of gimmick covers in the 90s. Now, I personally loved the gimmick covers. Yes, they helped contribute to the fall of the comics empire in the 90s. Marvel Comics even went bankrupt. Some of you youngsters don't even know that Marvel Comics at one point was bankrupt. But they all had some sort of gimmick in various ways. This one has a flip book. Now, I wasn't really reading Youngblood. I, I like some of the other image comics that we'll get to. But this is a superhero team, a government-funded superhero team. There's the home team. There's the away team. I don't really know the names of the characters, especially the away team. But on the home team, there's Shaft, Bedrock, which was renamed to Badrock because of copyright reasons. Chapel. Those are the ones that off the top of my head I, I remember. And so they're standing on a classic Rob Liefeld background, which is to say uh, mostly lines and a couple of colors. And then here we've got action coming at you. There's some waves there. This is a fun first issue explosive issue. That's the cover there. Versus Spawn number one. Spawn was Todd McFarlane's series. He was a superstar over at Amazing Spider-Man. And when I was first reading comics, this is what I what I saw in 87, 88, 89. And then uh, Todd, Todd was so famous in Spider-Man that they gave him his own brand new number one, Spider-Man. That was also millions of copies sold, made everyone rich. Spawn is more of a gothic horror, anti-hero type of comic book. The gimmick of this cover is that it is a painted cover. Um, Todd McFarlane... Uh, pencils layout, and then painted by Ken Stacy. So beautiful painted cover. Now there's another gimmick also that we'll see a little bit later, but this is the gimmick cover of this. It's a beautiful painted cover. This is a classic, iconic cover. It's been parodied, and it's just beautiful. I love these greens, and even the line work of Spawn's hand in his energy field over here. It's amazing. Little highlights right there. All right, we've got the Spawn cover versus the Savage Dragon. This is Eric Larson's contribution to Image Comics. He was also a superstar over at Marvel Comics. Also, following the Todd McFarlane leaving Amazing Spider-Man, Larson followed um, McFarlane on Spider-Man. And this is a character that he invented since his teenage days, uh, Spawn as well. Um, but Larson had this character in his since his teenage days, even younger than that. And so this is... Intense action from Eric Larson. First brutal issue. Just coming at you, full power, huge muscles. Love that expression. Kind of simplified lines in the background, similar to Liefeld. It's in the style of manga. Uh, those sorts of speed lines. If you pay attention, you'll also see a city back here, a very simplified cityscape. And the gimmick on this one is that there are actually four variant covers. And the variation is that the color over here is different. There's a green one and a white one and a blue one and one more orange or something. So there's four variant covers. That was the gimmick as well as another gimmick we'll see later on. So these all had gimmicks. I love gimmicks. All right, next up, then we have the next up we have Jim Lee's Wildcats number 1. This is the this is the cover that is in my memory seared about this is Image Comics. This debuted in August 92 and Jim Lee was a superstar over in the X-Men comics. He drew some of the most amazing X-Men stories. His command of the female form, Jean Grey, Jim Lee, Chef's Kiss. 
etc. And so when he went off into his own series, it's a superhero team. It's a collection of characters. Another superhero team. Oh, I forgot to mention over here. The main plot here is that he's a basically a superpowered uh, police officer uh, over in Detroit and battling uh, petty thugs, but also supervillains. And over here, it's just another superhero team. Well, not just another superhero team, but it's Jim Lee's superhero team collective. Here we have um, Spartan, Grifter, Maul, Zealot, Void, Ripclaw, Voodoo, and Marlowe. So it's first, senses shattering issue. Can you tell they were all trying to up each other with these adjectives? And so this cover is just iconic to me. All of the team here, kind of simple background. One of the criticisms of all uh, or many of the image founders is that sometimes their backgrounds left a little bit to be desired. But, you know, you can judge on your own. Versus Jim Valentino's Shadowhawk. Now, this was the image comic that I was reading religiously. I have like almost all of the first series issues um, whereas these, I was kind of on and off. And this, Jim Valentino definitely leaned into the gimmick covers. This is a beautiful foil embossed image cover. Look at that. If you catch it right in the light, you see Shadowhawk's face over here. And then you see hidden in the shadows, who is Shadowhawk? And then even further in the corner, this is by Valentino and Liefeld. So here we have uh, just really leaning into the... Uh, variant cover craze that was just starting to kick off and i loved these every single cover was a variant cover a gimmick cover that is there was a glow in the dark one there was gatefolds there was cutouts there was one that you actually opened up completely to unmask shadowhawk because in the first few issues you didn't know who shadowhawk was it was a mystery and he was this anti-hero of the night not batman sort of thing kind of like on the next level because he would actually break the spines of the villains he battled he really was into justice by breaking your spine. Next up versus Cyberforce. Number one, Mark Silvestri. He was another of these image founders that was all about a superhero team. The gimmick of this is why have one cover when you can have a wraparound cover where you've got some action happening here with his team and then more stuff happening in the background. And I kind of think the floating head motif is not as great as it could be, but if you ignore that part and see the rest, here come the bad guys coming at you. So Cybertech coming at Cyberforce over here. This is another iconic cover. Now, fun fact, this is a variant cover in the form of a newsstand edition. If you're a comic collector nowadays, you're on the hunt for newsstand editions. So these image comics like everyone had these this was like the big thing but not not everyone had the newsstand edition these are way more rare than all of these comic shop editions you need to have the newsstand edition for the more for the image comics to really be valuable 9.8 newsstand editions those are like big bucks this one's obviously not cgc this one's obviously not slabbed but it is a newsstand edition anyway you got the superhero team ready to battle i wasn't really reading this comic but i love the posing and yes this guy does have four arms and yet is yes his name is forearm that's ripclaw over there and then lastly we have wills portachio's wetworks now there was a lot of advertising on these other image comics about coming soon wetworks in 1992 and then coming in 1993 and then it wasn't until 1994 that the seventh image founder made his debut and again i said because unfortunately he had family issues his sister died, uh, a lot of sad things happened, and he had to put aside comics to deal with family issues. Eventually, his series debuted, and it was Wetworks. And the gimmick of this cover is that, okay, it's a wraparound cover. Well, we saw that in, 
in Cyberforce. But no, wait a minute, it's a gatefold wraparound cover. Why have one cover when you can have two covers? And why have two covers when you can have three covers? So this is another sort of team. This is a covert, secret sort of government-hidden team that gets infected by these sort of alien symbiotes or something. That's why they're all, like, kind of gold. This is also another one of these rare newsstand editions. Lower print run, Image Comics on the newsstand. Those are the ones that are big bucks. Those are the ones you want to be on the lookout for. Newsstand edition of Image Comics. Because these were being sold at the comic shops, of course. And it was kind of rare to find them at the newsstands. Like the liquor stores and 7-Elevens and the grocery stores. Those are the ones that are big bucks. So, of course, I've got the Savage Dragon uh, newsstand edition, issue number one. Again, notice the, the variant here is that this color is different. I'm not sure if there were four different color variations of the newsstand edition, but anyway, that's the Savage D newsstand edition. Here's a Wildcats newsstand edition, and it's funny that they just plopped on the barcode here on the corner where it's covering up the first census-shattering issue. I don't know what I'm buying here. It, it, I'm, are my senses going to be shattered? I don't know. The barcode is in the way. Anyway, here's another low print run variation, newsstand edition. Shadowhawk also had a newsstand edition. Now, this one is a tragedy because it completely takes away all of the amazing gimmickness of this. There's no more foil. There's no more embossing. And it's just all kind of simple. And also, it's missing the signatures over here in, in the darkness, right? If you see Valentino and Liefeld, they're not found over here. The who is is written very, very plainly over here versus finding it over here in the shadows. And that is the newsstand edition. Now, look at the price here. $1.95 at the newsstand, $2.50 at the comic shops. But again, low print run variation. The one that is the biggest bucks at the moment is getting a newsstand edition of Spawn number one. That's the one that collectors are really looking forward to right now. In the grand scheme of it all, Todd McFarlane perhaps is the one that has the most fame of Image Comics, the face of Image Comics. And this is the one that you want to get for the big bucks, newsstand edition, Spawn number one. Anyway, let's get to the rankings. Okay, so I'm going to say in seventh place, I'm going to go with the Savage Dragon number one. He's big, he's bulky, he's coming right at you. It's intense action, but I think it's kind of simplified. Now, all of these are great covers, of course. I'm just ranking them versus each other. I'm not saying any of these are bad, but I'm going to say this is in seventh place. In sixth place, we're going to have Young Blood. Now, this one's cool, of course, because it's got the flip cover gimmick. You can choose which cover you like the best, but I'll rank it at number six. They're kind of all just standing there looking really tough in an exciting first issue. Next place, I will go with Cyberforce, because again, we've got the wraparound cover. Why get action on one cover when you can action on both covers? Uh, these purple-suited mech warriors over here, and then the floating heads over there, and that the main character is just battling and looking tough. Next, we will rank with Wetworks. Again, the triple gatefold cover, just so much action, such tough-looking characters, such amazing early Photoshop work over here. This one will rank a little bit higher. In fifth place, we will go with Shadowhawk and the gimmick cover, where if you see this on the bookshelf, you are really going to be intrigued because something's going to be blinding you. Sorry about that. This comic is going to be blinding you and then the red eyes and everything, and you look at it and it's like, this is amazing. At number two, I will rank Wildcats. Again, for the nostalgia of it, this really feels like Image Comics. This is Image Comics. 
There's no big gimmick, except that there is a gold foil version of this, plus a signed one, a signed and an unsigned, and uh, it's just a big old embossed gold foil cover. It's two covers, actually, the gold foil and then the regular cover on the inside. So I'm gonna rank this number two, which means number one is Spawn, number one. This beautiful painted cover, this iconic cover, Todd McFarlane plus Ken Stacy. This is Chef's Kiss, this is a beautiful cover. Don't tell me that this wouldn't be a beautiful poster on your wall even now, 30 years later. All right, let's look at some interior art and then rank the interior art. So uh, the Spawn, I also have the variation that has this uh, printing error on the inside. So uh, the inside here of the art on Spawn, uh, it has some homages to, of course, Frank Miller's The Dark Knight. Uh, uh, returns. And then we've got this very cinematic artwork on this first issue of Spawn. Flashbacks, disjointed memories, classic Todd McFarlane art, pencils and art. And just some of these panels just look really, really nice, really creative. I love the detail here on this uh, hourglass breaking and then first close-up of Spawn right here. And then you've got this uh, full double-page Spawn action shot right there. And then as we're browsing here, we just see a variety of interesting line work and panel layout and just creativity. One of the big things of Image Comics is at the time, it was a bit more of the focus on the art than the story. Now here's where we get to the gimmick, the other gimmick of this, not only a painted cover, but this one had a poster. So we have a really cool poster on the inside here. Does your copy still have the poster or did you tear it out long ago? Are you buying a new copy? Make sure you're getting the poster or it won't be intact. And so this uh, this art is, is very cool. Now in the beginning, all of these books started off with newsprint, the usual newsprint, slightly higher quality, but then eventually went on to glossy paper and then some of this color really pops in, uh, in the glossy paper because in the uh, newsstand, uh, in the newsprint paper, it doesn't absorb the color as well as it could. So anyway, there's some sample of the interior art of Spawn. That is versus interior art of Wildcats. Again, this is Jim Lee's joint. Um, very cool panel layouts over here. They're in the Arctic and stuff. And then we've got Void shrizzracking into the uh, into the reality. And then she melts away. I love that sort of melting effect. And then here's the first shot of one of our main characters, a bum in the in a back alley with a whole bunch of interesting Easter eggs here. This guy is totally 90s backwards cap and everything. And then Void appears. Uh, check out all of these cool uh, sound effects at the time. Here's some classic background, uh, early image comics background, which means almost no background. But then we got a shot of Void right here. And again, Growing up as a young boy in the 90s, this awakened in me feelings that I didn't feel before. And so um, the excuse to basically draw a shiny naked lady as one of your main characters uh, is, is what you see on these uh, in the superhero team. Uh, this was always pretty funny to me here. Now the time period changed. He's coming over to his uh, job and gets cleaned up and he's... He's uh, the CEO of whatever. Very cool shot right here. This is a cool, this is the splash shot right here that is cool, Void. And the time stream is in jeopardy and so forth. Lots of action. Spartan really, really does his workouts. Uh, classic profile shot right here to take up a whole page. Beautiful expressions on these characters. Just classic Jim Lee artwork. And this is a legally distinct Deadpool uh, killing this guy. 
Still hungry, Al? Then eat hearty splutch. And then, uh, yeah, the guy's dead. All right, so one of the gimmicks of this, not only did we have the gold foil cover, but we had trading cards. We had some trading cards. Collect them all. I'm not sure how many there were uh, to collect. Probably four or six or so. And on this one, I've got Spartan and Voodoo. Speaking of which, the introduction of Voodoo is right here with a... Uh, this one should have been in the in the center fold, uh, just to kind of really uh, make use of the of the paper and such. And so we've got Voodoo's first introduction, Grifter Incognito. No one will know he's this uh, actually assassin. And so just classic Jim Lee art. Some of these energy effects and such, and pretty interesting panel layout here and there. So that is versus Shadowhawk. This is the Jim Valentino art. In the gritty streets, we have uh, someone just walking down the street and then some punks, we want to talk to you. And they're gonna rob this guy, but wait a minute, it's not just some homeless guy, it is Shadowhawk. And then there's the inner narration of the character and uh, don't hurt me, man, please don't hurt me. But he's a criminal and criminals need to be dealt with such as snapping your spine. He turns to run. He won't escape you that easily. None of them will. His spinal column snaps like a twig. You are Shadowhawk. Yeah! Crack, 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 And so forth. And then the blood here. Um, yeah, so the, the interior art is a little bit more standard fare than the previous ones that I've shown you. Uh, there's some cool shots like of this character. What's his name again? Firebug or something. And um, so standard fare... Uh, panel layouts, okay. This is a shared universe. Well, they started off as a shared universe that the various characters might have come in and out of their own series. Here's an appearance of a Youngblood character. And then um, we have this sort of full-page shot. This is the one that you wanted as your poster on the wall. The bullets bounce off the armor of your chest plate. And once again, you recognize the wisdom in choosing to air it. Yeah, if you're going to fight crime, you probably want to protect yourself. And then so the story goes on. Here's uh, some samples of the interior art. Um, this this feels pretty 80s. This feels a little bit more classic art than the other ones I've shown so far. And Valentino's art is a little bit more classic, I would say. Now, it's interesting that he's marking the page numbers with words instead of numbers. So that's obviously high class. And so you've got this various bits of action. And that is versus Wetworks. This is the one that debuted the latest in 1994. So there was the opportunity for Wills to see what his contemporaries did and then one-up them. Uh, here we have this military team. They're going to go into a covert mission. All the characters are being introduced. And now right here, notice how they had to define, what is GPS? They're talking about GPS. What's GPS? Well, that, well, that youngsters, is the global positioning system. 30 years later, of course, everyone knows GPS, but at one point it didn't exist. And here we have uh, great attention to detail. Uh, I think a little bit more than the contemporaries in the backgrounds. Expressions are good. Anatomy is good. It is this over-the-top sort of buff anatomy that was de jour in the 90s. But I think the environments work really well. Some of these color effects. Look at the blending and the bending of the shadows upon this face. And then that's that beautiful early Photoshop effects. Something happens over here. There's some explosions. People are getting shot up. The blood work over here, wow, that really stands out. Uh, really creative here to have all of this color and then just stark black, just start white background with blood splatter. And then a bunch of stuff happens. 
There's um, walls being destroyed, panels being rendered interestingly. Just lots of action. I love the effect right here. What's happening? Things are blowing up massively. And then, this, and then the team emerges with this sort of like living symbiote armor sort of thing. So we have all of these amazing shots. And this is uh, the entry here versus Cyberforce. So some of the samples of the interior art. Beautiful close-up here. Mark Silvestri focused on the faces. This is really cool here within the shadows. Some team trying to retrieve this wayward character. Looking above it all in the alleyways. And then this Ripclaw just jumps onto the scene. Lightning purple colors. Just this classic Image Comics artwork. I love the detail in uh, the, the line work by itself. Uh, is very good and then the colorization also works really nicely here uh, Then we kind of change plots over here Spoiler alert. This kid is actually a robot Anyway, so we got more action going on Pachoom, pachoom, pachow uh, Headshot happens over here. Gotta stop an assassination attempt and then Cyblade appears if you're thinking of using that gun, think again. I'm not paid to think. Well then, you should get a big bonus for this. Don't spend it all in one place. So many amazing quips. Then we got impact bursting into the scene. Action. Cool shots. Expressions. <laughs> the huh? Sort of exclamation question mark. These early image comics, you really got to read them for yourself. And especially in the original printings, because just getting the classic newsprint, looking at the editorials in the back, most of these, the creators tell you how did they start off their series, why did they go over to Image Comics. So uh, some of that back matter is lost in reprints later on. So it's really cool to kind of see the originals. And these aren't expensive and they're plentiful on eBay. Definitely maybe check out your own copies and then you can enjoy stuff like this. Just classic early transition to computer colorization. Just love the design on this character. And that versus some young blood art over here by Rob Liefeld. Uh, the gimmick on this is the flip cover, but also this has trading cards. Here, I've got them intact. Once again, check your copies to see if they're intact. And then we've got the classic Rob Liefeld art. Um, these eyes that uh, don't have pupils sometimes. And then close-ups on the faces, great expressions, a lot of noodling in the line work. Uh, kind of hatching and cross-hatching for shadows here and there. Kind of simplified backgrounds sometimes. Just this classic uh, swooshing Speed lines, I love this pose, breaking from one panel to another. Classic hair. These colors, sometimes these colors are just so interesting on a live Feld work. Uh, these purple tones and such. So you have the main team, the home team on one side of the book, and then you flip it over and you've got the away team doing an international mission. Same sort of thing. This was kind of in the air. Frank Miller pioneered that, which uh, actually Frank Miller got it from um, uh, Howard Chaikin over in American Flag. Uh, the TV sort of aspect, uh, putting the news out that way. And look at this action. This this is so cool. The action, they're just bursting forth to defeat the, the bad guys. They're going to go battle a legally distinct Saddam Hussein. And they're just going to go take care of business. And here's 
Uh, the bad guys saying, God save us, what is the enemy sending now? Lots of action, lots of violence as you like it, lots of speed lines. And this is Liefeld work, the very first image comic over here. That interior art versus Savage Dragon. So Eric Larson has his style of work. Browsing this first issue over here, you get just action, page one. You've got Dragon battling this, uh, this villain over here, bloody hell. Just jumping right in to the fray, Baptism of Fire is happening over in Chicago. So what was interesting is that all of the characters, well, it was going to be a shared universe, but Dragon was over in Chicago. So they all kind of wanted to kind of do a shared universe, but not really, and then eventually kind of fell apart. They did their own thing. So we got that action, and then even more action, double page spread, look at that. You've got the crack-crack, huatum, ugh. So, so much action going on. Cutthroat, look out. So, so much blood, so many blades, so much action. Kind of a little busy, but just this was amazing. Fan service here and there. And just this panel right here, he's punching him so powerfully. He's bursting to the other panels. The panel is just being broken. So these sound effects, wahak, chunt, etc. Read them yourself. I'm getting spit all over my camera. And then you've got all of this action going on because I say so. Good point. And just a lot of action going on. And then that. Uh, this is the, the origin of Dragon was hazy for a while. Uh, where did he come from? This is one of the series that's been still going on, 250 issues plus later. This is where it all started. This is a character that Eric worked with even when he was a youngster and then brought it over to Image Comics. There's an interesting history. You can read all about it again in the back matter of the books. They tell you their motivations for creating things. Look at this character. What is even this character? Gold-plated skull guy with red hair. Give it a rest. Just punches him out and so forth. So here's a sample of the interior art. And another of the gimmicks of this book, not only do we have the very subtle gimmicks of the colors being different, but we also have posters. And each of the four variations has their own poster. So collect them all. But these are so subtle. And I don't think it's mentioned anywhere that there were even variations. So it's sort of a fun, oh, mine has this cover, uh, and yours has that cover, and mine has this poster, and yours has that poster. And these, this is introducing a bunch of characters here that won't appear for a while. And you're like, who is this character over here? And what about this one? And Super Patriot. So this is a sample of the interior art. Bada doom. Huge explosion. <laughs> and the fire. And he's naked again. So, yep, those are the samples of the interior art. And now it's time to rank them. This one's really tough, but I'm going to go in seventh place. I'm going to go with Youngblood. It's cool art. It's of its time. It's Liefeld style. We're going to rank it starting off on our list, Youngblood. Next, I'm going to rank, even though it was the one I was reading all the time, I'm going to rank Shadowhawk next. Um, this, compared to the rest, is kind of a little bit more classic. It's well done and 10,000 times better than I can do, but I just feel that there's uh, higher levels that we're going to see here, so I'm going to rank it next. Cyberforce is next on the rankings. I think Sylvester does some cool concepts throughout the work. Again, that really stands out. I really like that panel. And panel layout is good overall. It's safe, mostly overall. Uh, anatomy is fun, and I'm going to rank it next on the list. Okay, now it's getting really difficult. We're going to go over with Wetworks as the next on the rankings. This one has a variety of interesting panel layouts, cool anatomy, cool action, cool environments, uh, explosion sound effects. 
And then when the superhero team emerges over here, this is this really interesting layout. We've got the bada boom, and then the characters appear. Next up, we're going with Wildcats. Uh, this was the voice of a generation. If you were reading X-Men at the time, this was your X-Men art. And then for him to go off into his own character and do his own stories his own way. That, uh, and then did I even show Hellspont a moment ago? Look at this character here. I just love it. And so, yeah, these characters, very cool, very creative. Cool, fun panel layout. Number three. Number two, we're going to go with Savage Dragon. Some of this panel layout and choices are just so good. Like I showed here, the fire when this guy is being punched into the next panel, the fan service. He was one of the ones that was least afraid to do fan service, I would say. And it got even uh, more servicey as the series went on. Now, um, sometimes it can be a little bit cluttered like this, but then you got this action movie sort of posing right here. I think this is, uh, this really stands out. Colorization is also nice. <laughs> and then some of this just in the firefight of the guns and everything is just uh, so good. We've got the thok, 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 thok sound effects. And then this guy appears and blood and guts and everything. Now it kind of ends abruptly over here. This is the this is the last panel, and there's no big reveal of the big bad guy, because then it turns over to you know the editorial and such. This is number two, and therefore number one of the interior art of the debut image comics is Spawn. This is, I think, the most creative interior art of all of them. You've got these beautiful colors. We've got here Ollie Optics, Steve Olive doing these interior colors. We've got gradients. We've got these beautiful tones, monochromatic, cinematic layouts. We have Spawn bursting onto the scene. We just have all of this variety. Plus the poster here, these beautiful blue tones, the bat motif, the moon and everything, the Spawn logo that would become classic. The sound effects, the anatomy, the mannerisms of these characters that they're realistic, but not realistic, but cartoony, and just the cinematic nature of it all. And then Malvosha appears at the very end. <laughs> Next issue, The Violator. So cool shadows here. And yeah, this is the, oh, and we got some pinups. We got Dale Keown's Pit. We've got a George Perez pinup cover or pinup over here of Spawn. And then the why did I start Spawn sort of thing. So, yep, Spawn number one ranks number one in interior art. All right, next up, let's rank the plots. So the plot of Spawn is, uh, yeah, this is going to be a bunch of spoilers for all of these series. So you're, you've been warned. This is a bunch of spoilers. Al Simons is a soldier in a, uh, in a sort of an assassination squad uh, below the books, under the book sort of thing. He gets betrayed and gets assassinated. Uh, he lives, he spends some time in hell. He makes a deal with the devil. He comes back to life, but he comes back as a creature of the night. And he doesn't know a lot of his origin for the, for the first several issues. So it's gothic, it's horror, it's street level crime, it's supernatural adventures. It's a dark brooding anti-hero compared to Spider-Man, just consider where Mark Farland previously was. He was writing the Spider-Man books. He had complete control. And then when he goes off to do his own thing, he writes this dark, macabre, gothic uh, story with twists and double twists and everything. And that's basically the plot of at least early Spawn. Spawn has kind of evolved. It's still around over 320 issues later, 30 years later. 
it's really evolved. But in the early issues, it's basically, who am I? Why am I on Earth? Why am I a disfigured hellspawn? What are these powers that I have? Savage Dragon is a police procedural type of story. One main character, uh, this first issue, uh, shows him in media res. That's a fancy term saying in the middle of the action. In the middle of the action of breaking up a crime, but with like super characters. So it mixes street level crime with super villain crime, plus the flashback where, where I was found in a burning field and then someone rescued me and there's all of this stuff happening, a subplot with Super Patriot and he comes back later and he's trying to convince him, join the force. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. Um, stuff happens. We jump back and forth between the time periods. His friend runs afoul of some of the bad guys and then everything gets blown up. His friend gets killed, and he's like, okay, damn, gotta join the police force then. And then so he joins the police force. So it's a it's cops plus supervillains and uh, a big cast of characters going on strong years later. That's the basic plot of Savage Dragon. These two are still around 30 years later. Next up, we have Wildcats. So this is a super team, covert action teams, with some uh, supernatural sci-fi stuff going on. There's a couple of aliens, alien species. What is it again? The Caribbean and the uh, something-somethings. And time travel and these super teams and funded by a wealthy benefactor and just going on adventures and trying to stop this alien stuff going on. A bunch of different characters with their own powers and personalities and stuff happening behind the scenes and I still can't get past how cool Hellspont looks and just these characters that don't know their origins and their true powers and the grizzled veterans and everything so um, that's the general plot here. Lots of action, lots of gunplay, lots of punches, lots of sound effects. That's the general plot here. We got the thup, 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 thunk. Someone gets stabbed right in the head. Now again, spoiler alerts on everything. Okay, Zealot makes her appearance. Very cool shot right there. And then, whoa, everything blows up. Uh, Void is like, no, no, we were so close. And then, caraca, boom, everything blows up. And then Dan Quayle over here is very happy. And then, come back for issue number two. This is hilarious right here. So this is the, the plot. Uh, definitely cliffhanger here to get you to the next issue. Wetworks is similar. I'm going to kind of put these three together here. Wildcats, Wetworks, Cyberforce, they're similar. Well, I guess also then uh, Youngblood. Um, all of these four right here are an ensemble team ranging from sort of like official government-sponsored rogue team, wealthy benefactor, but they're all like team books. So it's interesting that four of the seven original creators were team books. And then there were solo books on these three over here, Spawn, Savage Dragon, Shadowhawk. So it's just kind of interesting to see how each of the creators decided to strike out on their own. And each of them knew superhero comics coming over from Marvel Comics, so they kind of continued what they knew. Now this one's interesting because this is a, this is a team, Team 7, that came together over here to do these uh, sort of extra-governmental uh, actions. But then we have these sort of alien symbiote gold suit things that infect the main characters. They were double-crossed. They get infected. There's like a whole vampire 
uh, society that's related to it somehow. You gotta read it and kind of reread some of these books yourself a couple of times to fully get them. But it's an, another team, and what are they gonna do with their newfound powers? And now they're on the run from the, 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 the government that previously funded them. So this was Portacio's contribution. Liefeld's contribution, again, another team. Uh, what was kind of unique here is that it's a it's the home team, it's the way it's the away team. Uh, this is government funded. They're kind of like celebrities. Everyone knows them. They're getting interviewed. So that's kind of the spin on these characters that they have these various powers. They're also pretty well known to the public. Uh, although kind of like the dark side of it is that then you have the uh, you have the away team. And then look at this shot right here. This is just this is the money shot. All the main characters just coming right at you. Never mind perspective, but here are all the characters to get you hyped for the next issue. And then on the other side, you've got the flip book with all of that action. And it shows that those act that those characters are a little bit more um, willing to get their hands dirty compared to maybe the Marvel Comics characters of the time. So these psionic powers are being used to kind of pop someone's head like a pimple. And uh, yep, so kind of over the top there. And uh, the interior plot of this one is, you don't know what's going on on the other side of the world because Kusain's terror ends in suicide, but we know the truth. They have to answer the call by any means necessary. Cyberforce, another team, recruiting various members of the teams, assassination plots, uh, one organization versus another organization, um, just a group of characters with very, you know, with varied powers and so forth. There's many to choose from in the Image Comics, which you like the best. And as I said, this is the one that I was reading the most, Shadowhawk. Uh, this is the one that stood out to me. I like the mystery of it all, that who is under the mask? Uh, who are they? Why are they doing this? And they're just like more brutal than, than the other characters, other super characters that you might know. He breaks their spine. He makes sure they don't uh, continue their, their reign on the streets. And it's uh, street-level crime, plus then uh, other super characters coming in. That's the big idea plot on that one, Shadowhawk. Now on the rankings, I'm going to cop out and rank them all equally. I think the plots on all of these, they have enough uniqueness to each of them that someone would like any one of these and, and want to read it for several issues. Do you want... A comic that focuses on an individual character, there's Spawn, Savage Dragon, and Shadowhawk. Do you want a, a team book? There's Wildcats, Wetworks, Youngblood, and Cyberforce. Do you want a mystery of who is this character? Why does he do what he does? There's Shadowhawk. Do you want a gothic horror sort of book? There's Spawn. Do you want a police procedural with supervillains? There's Savage Dragon. And again, various variations of the superhero team. The home team, the away team, the covert team that the government turns on the well-funded team, uh, and so forth. So pick your own rankings on this. I'm going to rank them all equally. I think they're all great. And lastly, on the enjoyability of it all, this is the one that is so subjective. This is the one where you're going to yell at me that my rankings are wrong. But again, it's my video, so of course they're right. I had rankings for them back in the day, and I've got different rankings 30 years later. We're going to start with Cyberforce at number seven. I like the superhero team. I like the sort of... Uh, getting the team together on the first issue. I think some of the other ones are a little bit stronger, but I'll rank this one seven. It's kind of, to me, in the similar sort of vein, so I'll rank Youngblood number six. 
I do like the sort of the two versions of the team, but it's just kind of another super team, so I'll rank that number six. Another team book over here with Wildcats, but with a little bit of time travel and other sorts of shenanigans and alien creatures and the so forth. I'll rank that number five. 30 years later, my opinion of this book has changed a little bit. Uh, I'm not as into it as I was back in the day, uh, that I got every single issue every single month. Uh, but the sort of the mystery of who is the character and such a brutal character ranks Shadowhawk at number four. At number three, we're going to go with Wetworks. This is another superhero team, but I like that it's got the uh, sort of mystery of this uh, underground covert assassination squad, and then they get infected, and there's like a vampire society and so forth, so I'll rank this as number three. And it comes down to Savage Dragon and Spawn on the top two. I'm going to go with Savage Dragon as number two, just because it's really cool that Larson created this character early on in his life and uh, just continued the character throughout the years and then really fleshed it out. And now 220 and now 260 issues later, he's still working on the character and then the son of Dragon and the original Dragon dies. Oops, spoiler alert. And then it's just a, just fun action and adventure and page layouts and quips and plots and everything. So we'll put this at number two. And lastly, number one, well, Spawn, what can you say? This comic has been around. It's still 320-something issues later as of this video. This has gone through many permutations of the story. The countdown timer, what does this even mean? What is the backstory? How does heaven and hell factor into this plot? And there was just a variety of things to enjoy out of this book. The art was tremendous. There were some big names early on, Neil Gaiman, Alan Moore, that also did the writing. There's been various artists throughout the years. If you judge at all just on this very first book, this is extremely enjoyable. So I'm going to rank Spawn number one by Todd McFarlane number one on the enjoyability factor. And that was the latest episode of the Weekly VM Compost Comic Book Club. What did you think? Are my rankings correct? Well, of course they are. They're my rankings. It's my podcast. But I'd still love to hear your thoughts in the comments. How would you rank the various first issues of Image Comics? How do you like their covers versus each other, their plots, etc.? Tell me in the comments. Don't forget to watch the video version of the podcast so you can actually see the comics in question. Come back next time for a full review of a single issue on the weekly VM Campus Comic Book Club. This has been VM Campos, and I'll see you next time.